Welcome back to Lost in Transition. Today is Wednesday, April 28th, and today we have our first guest of the podcast, Daniel Dixon. Daniel is a video coordinator with the Charlotte Hornets, and he breaks down his journey into the NBA, his experience with the Hornets and around the NBA, especially during COVID, the development of some of the younger Hornet players, James Borrego's coaching style, and much more. We hope you enjoy it. Stand by. My brother Daniel Dixon, Mr. Heat Check. How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. How y'all doing? Man, you know how it is. You know, Mr. Heat Check, Northern Virginia's finest. <laughs> y'all already know how it is. My brother, <laughs> you know, we've been in the trenches together. You know, from grade school, we play AAU together, you know, compete against him in high school. You know, yeah. we did his thing out there. You know, went to the post grad for a little bit, you know, had a you know, had to go a different route, other people's ended up D1, William and Mary. You know, had a stint, you know, in the G League. Where were those teams again in the G League? Just fill me in again. I was with the Celtics G League team, uh, Phoenix Suns, and Windy City Bulls. Windy City Bulls, yep. Uh, you know, a lot, not a lot too many people get to do that. And right now he's with the Hornets. So, man. Why don't you introduce yourself, brother, for the people, man, and so they get to know who you are, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you had you covered it all pretty much right there, but I'm Daniel. Um, grew up in Sango, yeah. in Northern Virginia area, um, and yeah, I'm here now with the Hornets. It's been a little bit of a journey to get here. Uh, started off, went to Langley High School in Northern Virginia, and then uh, ended up at Fishburne Military School in Waynesboro, Virginia. Uh, so that was, you know, a tough year, but a big growth year. Uh, I was headed towards going to Division Two, Division Three, uh, until I went there, grew a few inches, put on about 50 pounds a year. Then I then went to William & Mary, four years. Uh, I had a good time there. So, you know, it was a lot of fun and just got to get really close to my teammates, grow a lot as a player every year. I uh, grew every year I played, and so it was good. And then my senior year, I was able to, get an opportunity to then go on to the Celtics and play for training camp with them, um, which was awesome. And so I got to know a lot of those guys and, you know, I still keep up with those guys and I'm very close with a lot of them. Um, and then from there, I went and played for their G League team up in Maine. Uh, it was cold up there, but it was good. Uh, I like Portland, Maine. So from Portland, Maine, I then went to uh, France for a little bit, short stint. And uh, that was, you know, kind of an interesting thing being over in Europe and, you know, adjusting to that lifestyle. So I was only there for a short period of time. Uh, then went on to Phoenix, um, played for the Suns G League team. Uh, battled through some injuries there and, you know, they had a pretty tough season. Uh, then went on to the Windy City Bulls uh, and had some really good success with them until, you know, COVID hit. Then kind of had to make a decision on what I wanted to do, uh, where I wanted to be. And so then I, you know, made this jump. And so I met with uh, a 
Coach Stevens up in Boston, and you know we just talked a little bit about next steps and stuff. And before you know it, I was I've been down here in Charlotte, so uh, it's been amazing. Uh, every day feels like you know kind of a dream, and just doing what I love to do. Um, it's it's amazing. So how 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 that process go with uh with you know talking to Stevens in in Boston, and then getting getting uh and then landing on the Hornets like. Did you were you able to kind of pick which 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 geographical area or anything? Not really, no. They they were just you know they had some availability, and so you know they they kind of reached out to me just wondering if I'd be interested in a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no, I knew I knew some people in Charlotte already that were on staff: Jay Hernandez, uh, oh, Nick okay. Friedman, um, a lot of guys on our staff actually I knew um, before. So and then like I said, I had played with Terry Rozier for a little bit and Gordon Hayward as well. So I was really familiar with a lot of people here in Charlotte um, and some people in the front office as well. So, you know, it kind of felt like home. Uh, and so, you know, I just, it was kind of a no brainer for me. I had to, you know, kind of pick up and move my stuff and just get down here as soon as possible, yeah. start COVID testing as soon as possible. How many times a day are you getting that done? Like COVID testing still? We do it once a day. Uh, we've done it pretty okay. much every day this entire year. That's crazy. So what is, what is the kind of day to day like there? Uh, it depends. I mean, you break it down into probably three different types of days. Uh, you have your game days, you got your travel days, you got, um, well, I guess we have practice days as well, but we rarely have those, uh, now, but you know, I get in the morning, get in there about seven. I usually get there a little bit before that just to try and work out, um, depending on, you know, how the night before was with me scouting games. I scout games at nighttime. Uh, which kind of means, you know, I, I code the games. So basically breaking down possession to possession, um, kind of break it down to the simplest form, basically, and give it to our coaches. And they're then able to use it for scouts um, for our players. Um, that's just, you know, that's a small part of what I do. And so, or I, kind of a big part. Um, but yeah, so I'll get in the morning. Uh, we usually have our vitamins or workouts, what you call them. Uh, that's what the guys do. And break them up into guards and bigs and stuff like that. I work with the guards mainly. I'll hop out with the bigs sometimes. Um, once the guys work out, they usually go home. You have to do some more work. Um, then guys come back usually for practice or, you know, whether or not it's a game or a walkthrough or something along those lines. Uh, guys will be getting shots up throughout the day as well. Uh, they'll come in whenever they're available. Uh, and we'll schedule times for them to come in. Uh, then, you know, we'll either have a game or, you know, a practice. And so our practices are generally about maybe an hour and a half. Uh, we try and, you know, limit it because of how many games we've had uh, in a short span of time. So we'll do that. Um, and if not, we're preparing for our game. So we'll have workouts before the games. Uh, guys will go through their, you know, I think it's about 20-minute slots, uh, get warmed up and yeah, get ready for the game. So And then after the game, I usually have to scout a game as well. So game days are probably the longest days for me. They usually go from about seven to, you know, one a.m. or you know, mm. depends. It's a grind. Now, how do you how do you feel like the adjustment was? Was that tough for you? I mean, I know like after college with me, like I started just like coaching, obviously at the high school level, pretty minor mm. stuff. Um, but how was that like adjustment? I, I felt like I struggled with it, like going from like being as much of a competitor as you are to like having to go back to like sitting on the sidelines, like working out these guys, digesting the game. Like, how was that adjustment for you? Uh, it's been a little easier for me just because we still get to play. Um, 
that's probably the best part about the job. Um, you know, we guys come back from injuries. We usually play with them a lot. Um, but I play with the guys that, you know, don't play as much basically every day. So we're playing pickup. Uh, we're playing two-on-two, one-on-one. So it's I still get that competitive side. Um, these guys may like to talk trash, so. I go at them and they I bet go you at ain't cooking. So. They, they can't, they can't, you can't stop me. It's like, it's like <laughs> back in your sport of health, man. Yeah, no. uh, you, you give some of them buckets, yeah, right. man. I, I know I'll give them some work a little bit. Nah, I, 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 mean, I ain't shit, man. I'm just fat right now. <laughs> 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 but I know, I know you're still doing it. Yeah, that's good, though. No, I definitely, I mean, I'm in, you know, I'm in really good shape and I'm not, I don't have to, you know, yeah. do everything they have to do. So, it's even better for me. I don't have to go to practice, do all this, you know, stuff. I can just yeah. come out there and get buckets. So it's cool. So like, yo, what's it like, like working with the guards though? Like, like Terry Rozier, like Lamelo. Like, what are you like working with them? Because you know, Lamelo coming in, you know, his dad, you know, just I mean, always talented. You knew what he was doing, but like, you know, his form kind of wacky. Man's the jacking out, you know, crazy shots. But yeah, as you saw, I mean, I'm just been looking at the season, man. I'm mm-hmm. seeing the progression, so. I mean, obviously, you know, what you've been doing, because I remember how your form used to be kind of like the elbow out and you kind of like adjusted it more in, come on the knockdown shooter. Like, what are you working with him? Like, mm-hmm. I know you said the elbow out. Like, how is that working? Like, trying to make it more in and like, you know, helping his threes as he adjusted like the NBA three-pointers. Uh, we don't, we, we haven't tried to change his shot. Mainly just kind of tweak little things about it. Uh, just like with any shooter. I mean, we do that with Gordon Hayward as well. He's a, unbelievable shooter but we still do that with those guys um so with his shot it wasn't really i mean it was it's been going in at a really high clip so it's not much yeah you know you can say about it um and that's kind of my philosophy is like you know going in <laughs> the rotation's right it's like you know you can't really you don't want to mess with it too much um but he has such a good work ethic he wants to be great um so it's really fun working with him and he's super energetic uh, loves to be in the gym. He just loves to play basketball in general. So it's, you know, we sometimes got to kick him out of the gym. Uh, he's, you know, always trying to stick around, get one my last shot in. So he, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, like I said, we haven't tried to tweak much with him in general. He's just naturally got gifted, you know, uh, has a lot of different talents that you just can't coach. And some of the best I've ever seen in terms of, um, you know, feel for the game. He's had, he's definitely one of yeah. the top I've ever seen. What's, what's the approach usually when you're kind of developing young players in terms of, cause obviously what they've been doing their whole career has worked, but in the NBA level, sometimes you got to tweak some things like how, what's that approach like when you're trying to, you know, give some advice to, to players. It starts with them being coachable, to be honest. Um, you know, you do have your fair share guys, I'm sure across the NBA that probably are stuck in their ways mm-hmm. and, you know, they, they think that, you know, what they're doing is always right, but we don't have that here. Uh, so it's been really easy. Um, you know, like I said, the coaches, they put those guys through, you know, their type of workouts and they tailor them to how defenses will play them and et cetera, et cetera. And they'll watch a lot of film. And so the film never lies. And so, we'll, like I said, we will be a part of preparing that film for the players. Um, and so they're able to see it right away. Um, after every game, I put up, you know, each individual player's minutes for them on their iPads for them mm. to watch. So they can go watch it. And then the next day, our coaches will cut it up and kind of sit with them. That's pretty like, cool. Hey, this is what you're doing. This is what you're not doing. So it doesn't lie. And so, you know, there's no way to really be, 
you know, say, oh, I can just keep doing this. It's like, no, because then you back it up with analytics as well. Yeah. So it's a really, you know, it's, it's not a bad process. But like I said, some guys I've heard across the league are, you know, tougher to work with, but we don't have that here. I mean, like when you get cooked for the first time by like Steph Curry, you like realize, man, what I was doing before is not ain't going to work. I got to make some adjustments, man. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of these guys, right. even no, at the college sure. level, are like, I mean, still so dominant that like right. you just gotta adjust that the, all of your minor tweaks and their habits yeah. to be able to. Do it's it part of the mindset too. Yeah. Right. yeah. Now, like uh, for example, I know like Terry Rozier is obviously having probably one of his best seasons uh, of his career so far, and I know you said you're working with the guards. Do you like attribute? Um, like obviously there's a kind of a log jam in like the backcourt with a lot of talent, like Malik Monk, mm-hmm. uh, LaMelo, obviously, um, uh, Graham's coming off a really good season. Like, do you think that a lot of their like competitive nature and like the workouts and maybe like the preseason and you know, your, your practices aren't too crazy right now. Do you think mm-hmm. that kind of contributed to him having such a good season as well? Uh, I, I knew he was going to have a good season. He's, he's got the best work ethic. I mean, I've seen uh, he works unbelievably hard. He watches unbelievable amounts of film. So it's really no surprise to me. I don't think all the outside, you know, people changing, our team changing, the mellow coming, I don't think that did anything to him. I just think it was him getting settled in with Charlotte. I think last year it was kind of, it was a new thing. He had a new contract. Um, So that's always an adjustment, I think, for guys like that. Um, So I think it was just eventually going to turn for him. And I mean, he's had an unbelievable season. And like, like I said, he's he's working. He works really smart, um, and he also works hard. So that combination, you know, knowing exactly what he wants to work on, you know, he'll he'll ask one of us to pull some clips of him doing step backs or doing this, so he can see his footwork. And he's just really detailed. And it's no surprise to me that he's you know he's one of the best guards in the league, um, and he's very hard to stop. And no you know, he defends really well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he um, he just has an unbelievable competitive edge that you really can't teach. And he doesn't get tired. Um, so, yeah, he plays really, really hard. So he, he's just he's awesome. It's kind of funny, like, how, like, everyone, like, coming in, all the perception, like, oh, he's lazy, oh, his yeah. dad, all that. And then he's just like – he just wanted to do it. Like, it's just, what do you, what do you think about that? Like all, all the nonsense coming in, like about him and like the narrative about him and like about his family, like, oh, Michael, his dad's going to be, you know, beat up Michael Jordan or something. <laughs> Michael Jordan's going to beat his ass or something like that. Cause you're going to be talking all that shit. Like why my son's not playing. So what do you think about all that, all that nonsense coming in? Like it was just, Hey, don't yeah. like the pops. Like, what do you think? <laughs> I don't, I don't know much about that stuff. Yeah. And like, we don't, like I said, we, we definitely don't pay attention to any of that stuff mm-hmm. here. Um, like ESPN, all that stuff's never on in our locker rooms and stuff. And there's a reason for that. Uh, it's like Coach JB just likes to keep everything in house. Um, and he always talks to the team about, you know, outside noise and what people think. People have plenty of perceptions about a lot of our guys um, that I'm sure, you know, I could speak to. Um, so it's, you know, I don't really know about those rumors or anything. I just know what I see every day and he's how he works and how he goes about his business and how great of a teammate he is and how unselfish he is. Um, so that's just what I can speak on. So it's like, I can't really speak on any of that. Yeah. So uh, you guys also, I mean, you guys have a pretty uh, 
young squad. Um, I'm not sure exactly where you guys would rank in in um, in age, but uh, how is uh, how is James Borrego? Is he is what what is his coaching style like? Is does he get along or does he connect really well with the young players? Um, just uh, expand on him a little bit. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, he's been able to get the most out of our guys and build the confidence in guys. That's his, his big thing. Um, none of our guys feel like they're scared to take a shot or scared to do something on the floor. It's like he gives them the most confidence. You know, he gives guys like Lamella confidence. That's why he's able to throw full court passes mm-hmm. and behind the back passes and all types of stuff uh, because he wants you to be the best you, um, which is, I think is important, especially for coaching. Um, but yeah, his, in terms of his style, um, very hands-on. Um, you know, he'll jump and drill sometimes. Mm. And, you know, he's very fiery. Uh, and like I said, he, he's just really genuine. And I think that's what I've gotten from him. Uh, and the players can feel that, I think. And, you know, they trust him and they, they're bought into what he does. And so, like I said, they don't really question anything that he does. I never hear guys, why are we doing this? It's like, oh, they, they just look at him like, okay. He seems really cool, and he seems really cool on the sideline, like real calm all the time. Super cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's pretty calm. Yeah, and I like that. Like, it seems like they don't like. I remember in the beginning of the year, like they were talking about, like, oh, yeah, he's great. Like Lamelo's like great offensively, but like he's like willing to make that you know that coaching change. Like if he's not doing what he's supposed to do, he's not afraid to like take him out just to like and just like you know help develop him. Like not he's not babying him. He's like being part of him. I think that kind of like that beginning, like kind of like helped him, you know, get to where he's at yeah. right now, you know, playing so well before the injury, obviously. No, I think he, um, yeah, he, he holds guys accountable for sure. Um, but like, you know, not in a way that he'll break down the player yeah. uh, mentally. He, he'll he build you up, but he'll also say, hey, I expect this out of you yeah. because you're, you're that great and you've done it before. And so I know you can do it at a high level. And if you want to be great, like you say you want to be, you got to do it at a high level every day. So he's really good. How different, that. obviously you're breaking down tons of film night in and night out, but like how different is it like watching that stuff on film or watching it on TV as opposed to being like right there at a practice or a game and just like the different like athleticism level? Is that just something obviously, you obviously played at D1 level, so you've seen plenty of athleticism, mm-hmm. but I'm sure this is another level. Right. Yeah, this is a different level for sure. Um and, you know, the athleticism, the speed, the physicality, I think, is something that, you know, people don't really realize now because uh, they see it and they say, oh, you know, the NBA is kind of soft. Yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah, the refs have made it a little bit harder, um, you know, to be physical. But, I mean, it's a physical game. And our guys play hard. And I think that's a misconception as well, that the NBA guys just chill out. and Or that, you know, during the season, you go into a game and just not care. And it's like – not here. I haven't seen that one time. Uh, every night we're focused on getting a win and, you know, strategizing like crazy to try and get these wins. And our players are playing extremely hard. And, you know, people don't realize how hard it is to win an NBA, just a game in general. They just see blowouts and stuff like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's really cool. And just to see what, to be able to be up close and see how these guys compete and how competitive a lot of teams are. It's, yeah, I feel like that's cool. just like, ignorance or just like people just like not watching the game when they're like guys aren't trying in the NBA or like they're only trying the playoffs like like obviously you're there day to day they only try in college yeah. they don't try in it's like no dude like if you watch the games they're fucking trying yeah, like can, that's not the case at all no, yeah yeah I can tell you that 
what what is the um i know you kind of broke down your day-to-day and like how you break down film like what is the hardest thing about film or like to evaluate on film uh in terms of like maybe a player you guys you know a young player that you haven't matched up against a lot is there like a skill or aspect of the game that's hard to break down i wouldn't say i wouldn't say necessarily a skill it's more about schemes that are hard Mm -hmm. to um get because once you see it on film but then in in the game they can coaches manipulate their scheme so i think that's probably the hardest thing um is really being able to button down okay this team's going to do this because we've done this a hundred times and then on the 101st time they do it different uh so it's just i think you know it's tough with especially good coaches in the nba spolstra you know popovich we've seen that a lot with them uh they're able to just you know find ways to manipulate what they do uh, and do it really well and have a lot of wrinkles and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say, you know, skill-wise with players, um, players have tendencies. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, I, I had my tendencies playing. And, you know, I'm sure you guys did when you guys played. So um, you can really read that. And over a span of time, especially players who have a long career, you pretty much know what they're going to do. Um, and it's just a matter of whether you can stop it. A lot of these guys, you really can't stop it. And so you just have to try your best and, try and get them to, you know, either their average or under their average. That's usually what you try and shoot. Yeah. I know you talked a little bit about like the athleticism and the, the physicality um, that you see, you know, seeing it um, in person. Miles Bridges has been, you know, Best at, has, out of Michigan, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's had some crazy dunks this year. And uh, I mean, before this year, we, we knew he was athletic. What's, what's kind of the craziest thing he's done that you've seen him do? The dunk against the Hawks for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's done it a lot. Um, you get, he catch you yet in practice game. or anything? No, I run. I'll run out the way. He not. They drive the land. They better rise up. They don't get out the way, man. Yeah, nah. yeah, four <laughs> years ago maybe, but not right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, but there's not many guys in the league that will jump with him. They, you know, opposing teams yeah. talk about it all the time. I hear it on their benches. They're like, hey, man, don't jump with him. Like, yeah. A lot of guys will try. Like Clint Capella, he tried, and that wasn't yeah. you know, successful. But yeah, it, that was definitely one of the biggest, Yeah, he's he's one of the like dudes one of I would best pick. rim protectors in the NBA. Like, yeah. I, if, yeah, I would, if anyone had a chance, that. it might be him. But Right. No, there's literally nobody. Him. And I'm waiting, you know, we'll see if he, you know, gets to go against LeBron or something. I don't know. We'll see. But he got <laughs> unbelievable explosion. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. And just the amount of power he dunks with, I think it's just, it's crazy. So yeah, the Clint Capella dunk, like I said, I, I didn't expect him to go up and he went up in the middle of the paint and just, you know, the, the speed and the timing of that dunk, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People were talking about it, like the best in-game dunk since like that Vince Carter one. Yeah. I think like, he's, he, you know, he's become definitely the best dunker I think this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we have a lot of guys who, you know, are explosive to, you know, the Martin twins and a lot of guys that have some good posters this year. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously with everyone in the league, like see like seeing it up front, like what's it like seeing like, you know, the best stars like up in person, like compared to like the TV, like how what's that feeling like? And seeing it from like a different perspective, like you're not like going in as a fan, you're like kind of like about it, like like paying attention to different things like what's it like seeing all these great stars like you know like lebron like curry like 
what makes them so unique and like what why don't we really appreciate like exactly their true greatness until like you know they're probably gone but like what's it like just looking at them in person uh i think the craziest thing is that they're on a different level than everybody else um and you can see it clearly um just the way that they like i said you know guy like chris paul um watching him you know just be a technician during the game and just pick apart you know our defense and know exactly what we're running and he could tell you right away when it's happening all the timing of it and so that comes from studying and that's just a different level of studying that he does you can tell um and then it's just you know pure skill and knowing at this point the guys who average 20 points a game or you see them get 25 a night they have like you know it's a pretty pretty structured way that they go about every game um how many times they want to get to the line. James Harden's a guy that, you know, unbelievable because he knows or Kevin Durant watching him in person. It was just, you know, he, he knows during the game when we're in the bonus, he knows when to go in post and he's going to rip up and get a foul and get to the line. And so it's like little things like that that they pay attention to that a lot of guys are not able to pay attention to because they're still worried about, you know, what play are we running? What, what are we doing? But those guys are on a different level of thinking uh, the game. And they just have a suit like Kyrie Irving. I mean, his the way he works angles on the court. It's just he knows every angle and how he's going to get to the basket or how he's got to get into a bigger guy's body. He's not a big guy at all. He's tiny. Um, And so you can just tell that he studies the way that teams guard him. Or he knows that, okay, we're going to force him baseline. So he's like, okay, I'm going to maybe drive one, one dribble baseline, spin back, and try and get to my spot at the elbow. So it's like, those guys, I have so much respect for every single superstar in the NBA, including guys like Carmelo and, you know, it, it's those guys are on a different level. Yeah, when you do it at that high level and you keep it consistent over, like, long periods yeah, of time, that's, that's, that's part, yeah, it's so impressive. Yeah, and, and, and I'm, you know, seeing them firsthand about how the lifestyle is where, you know, you play a game, you play 40 minutes and you just went off. And then you got to hop on a plane within an hour. You got to yeah. get on a plane, you got to hurry up, you got to get there, you got to back to that game. And it's like, these guys are doing it every single night. Um, and that's why you just, you have to respect it. But like I said, casual fans, they're not going to respect it. And they just, you know, sit at home watching. And so that kind of brings me to an- don't really pay attention to it. Yeah, that kind of brings me to another point. Like, how brutal has the schedule been on, like, players? Have players been com- complaining a lot about the schedule because, you know, it's a condensed uh season yeah for sure i mean uh this is the first season i'm pretty sure where you know guys have had to rest and you know a lot of teams are trying to rest guys and find spots where they can you know not play them as much just to uh get them some you know some time off um because i mean the amount of games that these guys are playing i don't know how their bodies are all not breaking down um it's I know playing a pro pro level game, and I know that you know if I had to play one every other day, I, I don't know if I could do it. And it's yeah. like uh, plus do workouts, plus you know watching film, plus you know you really don't have a life. These guys really right now they don't have their life, and so especially with COVID, so it's really really tough mentally. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we just try and make it as easy as possible on them, and make sure you know they have everything they need, and you know they have all the treatment they need, and all that good stuff so that they can you know show up on game day and play so so what's the uh w- in your opinion what's the outlook for the hornets the rest of the season um we we 
do you think that Lamelo and Hayward will be back in the lineup by playoff time? And do, are you guys are you guys excited? Um, you know, to compete in the playoffs and think you can win a series or two. Uh, we're really excited for sure. Um, right now, it's just you know focusing game by game. Um, that's all we're focused on winning and kind of keeping you know moving up the standings. We're always paying attention to the other teams that are around yeah. us um, in the standings and watching those games as well, really closely. Um, so next couple of weeks are really important uh, in terms of injuries. You know, I'm hopeful that our guys will be back. I don't know. Um, I would uh, I would say that, you know, LaMelo and Malik are probably closest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not really sure about Gordon yet. So, you know, just you, you never know injuries like that and how yeah. their bodies respond. And, you know, like I said, I'm hopeful for all those guys to get back on the court, but I don't really know at the end of the day. You know, I'm sure our training staff may know um, a little better. So it's uh yeah i mean we're just trying to get our guys back really and but the guys we have right now are playing really hard but you know they're we have a short rotation so they're playing a lot of minutes do you have any like opinions or anything any big things like talk being talked about in the nba um in terms of maybe like how the finals will look about you know fans coming back are players excited about that are players excited to stop doing like everyday testing i guess i'm sure yeah, I mean, the vaccinations have helped a little bit yeah. uh, in terms of testing. Guys don't have to come in on off days and test. They can just you know, rest instead of having to drive 20 minutes and come to the arena and test and yeah. leave. Um, so I'm not really sure how the, you know, the finals and all that will look. I know that, you know, they're definitely working on having some sort of fans, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um, and it's been nice having our fans back, you know, well, we're up to about 5,000 right now. Mm. Uh, and even that feels like a lot right now. So yeah. it's loud in there. And so. Yeah, I saw that people were talking about that in the garden the other yeah. night. Like Julius Randle was saying, like, I mean, it. I honestly could barely tell that it wasn't yeah. just like normal yeah. capacity. So it's the same there. It's like a pretty, pretty solid yeah. atmosphere. and fantasy. Any yeah. taste at this point will get will get players excited. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah, so our guys, Compared really to playing in an empty gym in Orlando, they're probably yeah. thrilled for right. us. Right. Yeah, our, our guys. You know, the first game that, you know, we had fans back was Toronto. And I think it was, it wasn't even 5,000, but we, I mean, we were up about, I think it was 20 to 20 to four on them in the first awesome. quarter. And we were just dunking and running and our guys were just ecstatic. You know, we have a lot of guys that are showtime, big time yeah. players like that, Lamelo and right. Miles and those guys, they feed off the, the crowd. So it's cool. Definitely. Good. That's good, man. Hey, man, I know you, I know you got a game coming right now. Go take care of the Celtics. But uh, yo, what what music you listen to? What what, what the people got to listen to right now? What what are they playing in the locker rooms at, in Charlotte that you know <laughs> the streets don't know about that we need to get over here around in DC and the Philly streets and Atlanta streets? What we need to listen to right now? Man, we listen to a lot. Um, anywhere from Miles Bridges, you know, he makes. Oh yeah, that tape hard. I yeah. that table, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a studio cooking. Right, right. Michigan boys. Yeah. How's he have time sure. to do that shit even with like this crazy schedule? That's wild. Uh no, this is mainly he recorded a lot in the summertime. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, during normal season, guys have plenty of time to do stuff like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I'm sure he did it in the off season. But yeah, hey, we we bump him a lot at practice. Um Pushaisty for sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, Mellow's a fan of Lil Uzi. 
um, Babyface Ray, we listen to um, Moneybag Yo's new tape. I was bumping the other day in practice. Um, it depends. I mean, guys are from all over. So when you're in Detroit, what music does James uh, Borrego like? Uh, <laughs> listen to a lot of gospel. Big gospel guy. Gospel guy. Yeah, big gospel uh, guy. Wow. So, I hear that burn out of his office. Um, so, yeah. Nice. I mean, I'll let you go. I'm going to catch you when I get down to Charlotte. But, yeah. yo, appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming on, Dan. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. No problem. Okay, so that wraps up this episode. We'll continue to cover the most interesting topics as the season winds down and the playoffs begin, and we expect this postseason to be a fun one. So we hope you can join us. Please rate and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Peace.